Good morning. Welcome to Hawaii Matters. I'm Devin, and I'll be your host for today's show. This morning is a replay of our interview with Lieutenant Governor Josh Green from March 26th. We are very pleased to welcome into the studio uh, Lieutenant Governor Josh Green. Hey! Thank you. I love being here. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> thank we, you. We, thank you for coming back. Yeah. Um, people have so many questions. <laughs> and lots of, I mean, uh, a and lot has happened yes. since we saw you last. Yes. What is the latest happening yeah. uh, with the coronavirus response for the state? Where we are today, we got mm-hmm. 95 cases confirmed in Hawaii, 95, no deaths confirmed. The individual that did uh, tragically die ended up testing negative the second time through. Yes. So uh, we do not appear to have had deaths yet. There are several people on ventilators in the intensive care unit, at least three that I know of. Wow. So there is disease, okay. uh, but it's been very, very minimal so far. And I don't want people to be afraid. I want people to understand that the precautions we're putting into place uh, will keep us safe. Now, if you just look back 10 days ago, to give people perspective, we had 10 Hawaii cases, 10, 10 days ago, and we're mm-hmm. at 95. That's actually a very slow increase as compared to other states. And that's that's a good thing because that's when testing began. Testing has been on, uh, well, first it was only on people that were very symptomatic in the intensive care unit because the right. Department of Health has limited testing capabilities from the CDC. But we launched private testing in between the time that I left you and then now, and now we've had over 5,000 tests done. So we're getting a good idea of where the disease may be across our beautiful islands. So that's why we have now 95 confirmed cases. We also are preparing all of our facilities to make sure that if we see a surge, God forbid, it should not be, not be like Italy or Spain, where it came so quickly that they could not respond and did not have adequate intensive care unit beds and ventilators. Let me give you a couple numbers. So 95 cases right the state state of our Hawaii uh, there are 69,684 cases in the US just so you know but we're at 95 now as to our hospital capabilities and this is what I'm working on 24 7 hospitals are really extraordinary people doing a great job we have 3031 beds available in our state as of a couple days ago we were at two-thirds two-thirds 65% occupancy leaving us that was 1,970 people were in hospital, leaving us 1,061 extra beds. We can surge another 500. So we had 1,500 extra beds if, if, if we need it with the surge. The reason we're locking it down and trying to do total social distancing and home quarantine is because if we only see a small increase up and then small decrease down to nothing, we have that buffer. That's the number of uh, beds. We have 561 ventilators statewide. We will increase these numbers, but that's our capacity. If instead, if instead a half a million people got sick and, and 5% of those people ended up in the hospital, which is what happens real sick, that would be 25,000 people. Mm-hmm. 25,000 people real fast in the course of a week. You don't have to do the math. We only have 1,500 beds available and 561 ventilators. We would see mass fatalities. That's what happened in some areas. That's why, and I hope that that's been very clear, that's why we're asking people to isolate at home, do home quarantine, and only come out if you absolutely have to go get groceries, if you absolutely have to get some kind of healthcare situation taken care of. Otherwise, stay home, play cards, you know, hug your spouse, hang out, <laughs> but don't Do, go out. We've caught 95 cases, but let's say it's double that because can't test everybody, right? So if we had 200 cases and we did nothing, and we did nothing, even if we had the tourists stay away, let's assume that's done now, tourists stay away. But if we went from 200 cases, we did nothing, and it jumped to 400 in three or four days, 
and then 800 another three or four days, then 1,600. We could be at 30 or 50,000 in a matter of six to eight weeks, and it could be terrible. That number, we cannot, cannot, cannot take care of in our hospitals. That's why. And I know it's tough, but so when people are out there, if they're young and they feel invulnerable and maybe they're not going to get that sick, they could catch it and pass it to our Kapuna. And then the Kapuna have a mortality rate that's over 10%. 14.4% of people over 80 die of this, 14.4%. That's the kind of nightmare we don't want to have. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to be too alarmist. We get through this going through to April 30th, and then we are going to be grateful because then our jobs begin to come back. There will be a great pent-up desire to come back to Hawaii. The hotels will be going gangbusters. Our businesses like here will have more than enough advertising revenue, and people are going to try to be selling and buying everything, and people's jobs come back, and we're good. We have to be uh, strong in this 35 days from now, and then we can be healthy going forward. Um, there's this weird thing going around, people talking about herd immunity. Yes. And it sounds ridiculous to me, but they say that if we expose everybody, we'll have some people, we'll get some losses, but it'll be okay, because we'll all get immune. And that sounds ridiculous. Well, that is that is a thing that happens. And you get herd immunity, for instance, when you have lots and lots of people getting Uh, vaccinations for something, right? So if you get past 95% vaccination rates, then the other 5%, even if people are against vaccinations, they get, quote, herd immunity because people shed a little bit of virus and those individuals benefit from that herd immunity phenomenon. There's another thing called passive immunity, which is if a virus is just around for a while, you get a little bit of antigenic, that's the word, the medical word, response, and that antigen, so you've kind of experienced it, your body sees it, it creates, generates some antibodies, which is fighting the stuff, and then you can get immune also. So if you go in slow, we'll get some immunity. The key is to not get too many people sick so we don't get killed at the hospitals and people actually die, and then over time it gets spread out. That's the real way to deal with a pandemic, and most times, most times we have some immunity. The reason COVID-19 is so scary is we have zero immunity, zero vaccinations, and that's the novel thing about this. If mm. that's the case, then can you react? So earlier in the news report, I was I was uh, rehashing uh, Health Director Bruce Anderson's comment about how he sees this situation going on for four to five, four to five months for Hawaii beyond this. And does I'm just wondering, does that mean we should expect lockdown to go past April 30th? Like, how long will we be in this situation where we're concerned and and need to take like extreme measures. I think uh, what the director was referring to, and Bruce is a friend, he's not saying that we will be locked down for four to five months. I think what he's saying is we'll have to be cognizant of the disease because we will get through most of our concerns through April 30th and we'll begin to be able to lift the lid off a little bit and be um, much more out there. But we're still going to have to be very mindful because as tourists come in from other places, if they have had the disease or if they have the disease, we don't want to spread it here. Also, one thing that's important to know is that Hawaii always comes about two months after or two months later with flu. And so we've had flu outbreaks that have really started peaking in March and April when everyone else has done two months before with their peak. So I think that's what Bruce is being aware of. We're going to have to really be on our game and we will begin to have those kind of conversations about what happens after April 30th with experts because maybe people will have to give us a demonstration that they are that they're negative or mm. that they've gotten tested. These are questions that are being asked right now. And I just think that kind of Bruce's job is to be vigilant and we appreciate that. You're listening to Hawaii Matters. Our special guest today is Lieutenant Governor Josh Green and we're talking about Hawaii and COVID-19. 
today is, you know, day one of the 14-day quarantine uh, for people who are coming into the islands. One of our listeners, Sean, uh, wrote, how is the state going to enforce the mandatory quarantine for visitors and for Kamaina coming in, right? What procedures are in place to screen them on landing and document where they're staying? And then after they come through the airport to make sure they're adhering to the quarantine, who's in charge of the process? Who's going to keep track of the thousands of visitors who are still arriving here in the islands? Great question. You know that form we hate? It says, did I bring any vegetables in or yes. did I import any terrible mm-hmm. animals? Right. So that thing we're actually going to take more seriously than usual. And we're going to make sure that we actually get real people's information where they're staying and then we can follow it up. Now, the truth is a couple things. By bringing the hammer down on travel f- until well, for two-week mandatory mm-hmm. quarantine and until the 30th, very minimal travel here for sure, that's going to mean a gigantic decrease. So we actually, people who are tourists or who are staying in hotels are going to stand out. It's going to be a bit rare. That's number one. Number two, if if they violate it, they're going to be facing a $5,000 penalty or a year in jail. So wow. that's serious, and we'll, we'll convey that. Finally, just the sheer numbers that have decreased uh, make it possible to effectively quash the virus. That's, that's the overall um, hope. So all those things together make it possible. But, of course, we have a general at the helm, General Hara, super strong, and he has the capacity with the director of health to be serious about putting people into quarantine or actually sending law enforcement out if needed. Ooh, so okay. it's it's out there, and there's going to be so many fewer people on the road. You know, you really can see those who are flaunting the system. Now, one of the things uh, I saw on television yesterday was, uh, and, and as a doctor, you can probably speak to this better than anybody. Yeah. Uh, she is an emergency room uh, doctor, uh, not doctor, but she's an emergency room technician. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was saying that, you know, for her, going home is an ordeal because it's go home. Don't say hello to the kids. Don't say hello to the husband. She says, I got to strip off all my clothes. I got to run into the shower. I got to shower before I um, meet with my kids, let them hug me. And, you know, her kids are small, so they're, they're having a hard time sort of processing that. So she said, hey, is there a way that we can get into hotels? Just keep the emergency people in hotels or the people who are, who are doing the, um, uh, the medical services now? This is a recommendation that my chief of staff brought to me this morning at 530. So we're beginning <laughs> to talk to some of the, um, the hotel and and those kind of personnel, and they've been very, very accommodating too. So we'll have those conversations to see if the hotels would like to make a couple hotels available. There could be some resources available that way, and mm. it could keep some people additionally employed and help our healthcare providers at the same time. I think there is going to be a significant role for the hotels to play in this uh, recovery phase before we get back to normal. So mm. yeah. absolutely. I, I also think that there will be need for some quarantining of individuals that test positive but don't have a natural place to go, like the homeless and so on. Mm-hmm. And we're reaching out to everyone to put together the best plan. Roger is asking about the testing issue. He said, as Lieutenant Governor, pretend you're king of the universe. <laughs> what would you put in place if you were in charge of like, you, you know, I guess, I guess, and I'm adding to his question, if money were not an issue, but basically, what would we need to have to protect Hawaii totally uh, it, to avoid like an Italy situation or New York? Well, uh, some of the things have been done, actually, mm-hmm. and that is the full lockdown, bringing the hammer down, sure. having the quarantine. That's one of the things. 
the other thing is that if I had unlimited resources, and we have enough resources to do the testing, but if we had unlimited numbers of kits, numbers of swabs, numbers of uh, lab technicians to run the tests, then of course I would run tests on everybody to know exactly who was positive and exactly how much risk we had in the background for asymptomatic patients. If we had the absolute unlimited capacity, Mm -hmm. that may come sooner than people think because uh, rapidly because of the incentive for labs and, and technology types to get things done, a rapid test may come. And if a rapid test, like the flu test, where you do a quick swab of the nostrils, uh, get a little deeper, and then you you know, wait for about 10 minutes and you mm-hmm. get the, the result, if that comes effectively, there are philanthropists out there that are willing to order tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of tests. And that might be something that the Department of Health chooses to integrate. I'm tasked with making sure our hospitals are ready, so I'm working constantly with Queens, HPH, Castle, Straub, the whole deal, right? The uh, the other side of this is getting a lot more testing out, and you know, if there was that King question and had infinite capacity, I'd test everybody immediately, <laughs> and I would get a whole lot of ventilators ready, and I'd have a lot of nurses and doctors always around, mm. and I'd have a lot more ice cream for everybody. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I pour all the ice cream. Right, because yes. the testing is the, is the best way, I mean, everybody keeps saying it, the testing is the best way to sort of track this thing and figure out where it is, where it's going, how how badly it's striking people. Yes, right? yeah, so the testing, the, what I'm recommending right now, and will continue to recommend, is that we test everybody that is symptomatic that we possibly can and anybody who then tests positive we track all their contacts much of this the department of health is doing and test their contacts that they've been in touch with because there are asymptomatic carriers and we already are telling everyone look you've got to stay home but there are a lot of uh pukas in the in the home quarantine Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so if you Maybe You're looking a, at two of them, actually, right, right now. <laughs> so let's imagine, let's imagine for a second, right, that one of you tested positive, mm-hmm. but, or you were, one of you were positive, but we didn't know. We'd want you to stay home mm-hmm. because even though you're doing social distancing appropriately, we would still want to make sure that you didn't spread from an asymptomatic person to another person who might get worse. So that's the reason to, after we find any positive test, and I've asked my private uh, sector guys to do this, Anybody who's positive, we check their contacts. If they've had significant contacts, we test them. And then we bring bring it to a close. That's what they did in South Korea, and that's how they stopped it. Okay. Awesome. Have there been any changes to um, uh, symptoms or things that people are looking for or, you know what I mean, stuff like that? Because, again, it's only been a week, and we are so f- – you, you know so much more. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you ask. So uh, one thing that's been coming out is people feel that uh, there may be a telltale sign for this virus, which is people lose their sense of yeah. taste and smell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of smelly stuff out there anyway, so <laughs> maybe you should be grateful to lose the smell. Um, but I'll tell you, you don't want to get COVID-19 if you can help it. So uh, that is one of them. But mostly it is still fever, shortness of breath, and dry mm-hmm. cough. And mm-hmm. try to keep it simple, guys. If you have those symptoms, call your healthcare provider we will recommend where to get the test. If you express that you're having those symptoms, they're gonna likely screen you. And I want you to be screened because we wanna make sure that we then help you to socially distance from anybody else. Again, it's better to know as long as we have enough tests. This is Hawaii Matters. You're listening to an interview with Lieutenant Governor Josh Green, recorded Thursday, March 26th. We sort of wanted to talk a little bit about the the life form of this virus because I think as people uh, start to become aware about how long the virus can be in somebody that is not showing any outward signs 
of being sick. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you could kind of give people an idea of what what the life line is like, or the right, and, and actually, and related to the life that, is like obviously. yeah, right, related to that. Also, uh, there have been uh, some reports in you know in some of the mainstream media about how long the virus can live on surfaces, and uh, we're hearing things you know like days, days, and yeah. and so I don't know what does that mean for um, how we protect ourselves in public spaces. What does that mean for how we disinfect our homes? Help us sort out. How, what we should look out for, and yeah. how do we stay safe? Okay, well, let's let's start yeah. from the first uh, mm-hmm. thing. So, the virus is spread for the most part through droplets. Okay, so that means if you sneeze on somebody or cough on somebody, and it gets into the mucous membranes, the mouth, the nose, the eyes, mm-hmm. that's how you're most likely to catch it. There are other discussions about all these points, but that's the most likely process. If it lands on a surface, it will stay there minutes to hours typically. It can go days if it's a very sheen surface and it's not uh, it's not. Like kind porous. Of, exactly. Yeah. So, okay. But if you wipe it down, wipe it down with antibacterials uh, and disinfectants, you will kill the virus. There are some circumstances where it stays days on very sheen surfaces. Now, mm. so that's the first thing, right? But still, you're only going to get it if you touch it a lot. There's a lot of, um, you know, viral load. And then you touch your eyes, nose, mouth. Okay. So you, that's why you got to wash your hands all the time. That's how you avoid getting sick. Mm-hmm. Now, the sickness. A lot of these are averages, right? Everything is always on a bell curve virtually like this it's a bell curve Mm -hmm. what that means is is that when you get sick the average length of time the average length of time if you catch it from somebody is 5.2 days to when you start showing symptoms now it could be shorter or longer of course we're talking about the averages and when Mm -hmm. you look at the bell curve in the middle that's 95 percent of the cases are right down the middle Mm-hmm. Okay. Then it gets outlying, okay, to the 17-day mm-hmm. kind of thing that people are worried about. Mm-hmm. So after about five days, your symptoms start. You're symptomatic for four or five days. During the time you're symptomatic with high fever, cough, shortness of breath, you are most contagious. That's where you really, really, really need to be away from people. You're wearing the mask to not sneeze on them, cough on them, breathe on them. After that five-day period that you've been sick, there's probably two or three days coming down the other side of the mountain where you still have some viral shedding, some viral virus coming off of you. You're much less infectious. You're doing much better. You're going to be fine. You're still slightly infectious. And then it's over. After that, you're immune. Most likely, if there's a very different strain of the virus, there have been historic uh, moments where people caught the same virus twice, but it's very rare. That's the basics on the virus. Mm. And I will say this. The reason it's scary is because one in a thousand, one in a thousand people get the flu and they die. Usually they're older. It's one out of a thousand. Mm-hmm. But right now, three out of a hundred or 30 out of a thousand have been dying of COVID-19. That number will come way down once we have many more t- people tested and we find out that there were asymptomatic carriers. But it's still more lethal than the flu, and there's no vaccination for it. Mm -hmm. That's why people are so worried about it, and everyone has to make their own decisions about how serious they are. But if we are all very, very, very serious about home quarantine, after 14 days, per the numbers I just gave you, Mm -hmm. this thing should be more or less burned out of Hawaii. That's why also we're very serious about not letting travelers come in without going into home quarantine. And I think that's got to go all the way to the end of April. And then we'll be assessing this day by day. Mm-hmm. Then if we're in the clear, we'll begin to take the lid off and we'll be fine. And that's going to be a gradual process of the quote unquote taking the lid off. Or is it going to be just throw the gates open and everybody come? <laughs> I, I would imagine it would be a gradual kind of a process. I, it, I think it will. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be too far out ahead of the gov. I think he mm-hmm. has to make that decision with General Hara. But I'll give him the best advice I can, as will the rest of the medical community. Then if that's the case, what do you think of President Trump's? He's been talking about, President Trump has been talking about lifting uh, some of the locked 
lockdowns across the country by Easter. Do you think that's a good idea? I, I think the president must have some kind of obsession about Easter eggs because <laughs> that is just not cool. We can't yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think that that is that's optimistic. And the president likes to um, kind of make these bombastic statements. But hopefully the CDC and his health care advisors will make that mm-hmm. determination. Mm-hmm. And when they do see the reality, they'll look at other regions. They'll see where this where the spikes are, have been. In many cases, it may be that the spikes have already come and gone. But in we some still, places. In some yeah. places. Mm-hmm. But that does not mean that if there's been a good result in, say, Kentucky or Alabama, that they then want to take the, uh, take the restrictions off all at once and allow spread to go there. Mm-hmm. And certainly we in Hawaii feel somewhat vulnerable because we get so many tourists. We're not going to suddenly hit May 1st and say, okay, all of the people that were coming, that you know, the 100,000 people a day or whatever that would mm-hmm. come can come because, number one, we're going to have to kind of re- kind of restart our system and we're going to have to begin to bring people out of quarantine home quarantine and we're going to have to rehire a lot of people there is a process we'll do it and we'll be ready to uh, supplement the economy until then okay people have asked about gargling water and drinking hot water and they're saying that this is the thing that helps to kill the virus (laughs) which whenever people ask me that i go no, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah. So you know, there's there's been so many uh, sort of uh, wives' tales floating around about mm-hmm. how to keep yourself safe. If you walk into any of the stores right now, all those those um, like high dose uh, immunity boosters, things like emergency yeah, and airborne, the they are. Do they actually help? There are a lot of people who are strong believers in vitamin C. That's ascorbic acid, mm-hmm. and it certainly won't hurt you, and it may very well help. I don't know if it's a cure. I don't. I doubt anything is a cure. Gargling water or hot water, look, again, it's helpful to hydrate, but this is not in the um, GI tract, this disease. This is mostly in the respiratory system, which Mm. is in the nose and the airways and the lungs. So that's not going to, that's probably not going to have a big effect, but it is important that people also feel proactive about their disease and whatever makes them feel better. Remember, most viruses come and they go after five days and then everyone thinks the doctors are geniuses. They're not geniuses. (laughs) I mean, there are a lot of really smart docs, but... Uh, really what happens is the virus burns its way out. And mm. if you get really sick, then we s- give supportive care, which is intravenous fluids and potentially support with oxygen or ventilation, which is the, the respiratory system. You okay. Know, again. okay, okay. We got more science, uh, like a couple of like smaller science questions. Several of them have asked about homemade masks and whether they help at all because, you know, they're hearing about N95 masks and and should they wear either homemade masks or any kind of fabric masks that they can order? Does that help prevent uh, COVID-19 infection at all? Also, they wanted, uh, there are several people, Georgina is asking about the three feet versus six feet social distancing thing. She said she's seeing that on signs, like different distances printed on signs in different parts of town. And she's like, are we supposed to say three feet apart or six feet apart? So, so we're supposed to stay six yeah. feet apart. Six, six feet, feet is the right answer. Okay. Uh, and then, That's a CDC recommended yeah, distance, yeah. right? It's because of the amount of spread of, of the mist that comes out when you sneeze and okay. cough. So six feet is the right answer. Also, face masks in general, especially the ones that are handmade or homemade or just the surgical masks, they're really only good enough to keep in what you've got, which is you know your own cold, your own virus. Uh, and it's good. It's helpful. But 
Uh, right now, though, the guidance on homemade masks is that they don't have the adequate filtration mm-hmm. to stop what the spread might be. And so if you want to actually prevent spread, you have to use the N95 or the N99 masks. And that's why those are for the healthcare providers, because they will see hundreds and hundreds of people. And we definitely don't want someone to be positive and spreading to our patients. And also, we can't afford to lose the healthcare providers in this particular time. Of because course. Yeah. We've got to have them. You're listening to Hawaii Matters. Our special guest today is Lieutenant Governor Josh Green, and we're talking about Hawaii and COVID-19. We're kind of talking story about uh, everything, basically, (laughs) COVID-19. David Kamakahi uh, wrote, because of your experience on the front lines, Lieutenant Governor, aside from staying home and social distancing, is there a way residents can contribute either to organizations or donations that would help with the fight? Yes, thank you for that. Uh, They can give to their local hospital, whichever their hospital choice is. They are buying extra supplies at all times and they can distribute them. So if you're near Queens Hospital or Hawaii Pacific Health or Castle, that's great. The Healthcare Association of Hawaii is also really stepping up. They're doing a ton of work on this problem and they then distribute resources to every possible healthcare provider you can imagine. Also, uh, Give Blood, I mm-hmm. think that's a, a great idea. And we're trying to support all those kind of organizations, even the Salvation Army, who do a lot of outreach to our homeless community and IHS. So there's lots of ways to do it. Uh, we can't volunteer our time as easily right now. I will say this, if you're a healthcare provider and you've been on the bench for a while, you've been quasi-retired, we're having people come to our uh, new Facebook page, which is uh, the uh, Hawaii Health Corps, C-O-R-P-S, the Hawaii Health Corps, and put your name in there. We're gonna do some medical missions over time going forward. We'll be for- will be funded to reach out and we we went to Samoa together but we may face inward once this virus is uh, done so there's lots of places definitely we're not we never take donations we just take volunteers so uh, step up that way and we're gonna we're gonna value you but the healthcare association also wants to know if if healthcare providers are ready because we may have to surge our potential to care for people with a mobile hospital or two uh, we'll need a lot of help I'll be on the air with you asking for that help when it comes mm, good okay. good stuff good stuff um I now uh, if you're just tuning in again we are talking to lieutenant governor Josh Green I know you are the health uh, care liaison for the response for COVID-19 but um, a lot of our listeners also had questions about how to deal with the financial reality right now with the economy being down um, more than 60,000 unemployment claims filed since just the beginning of this month half of them were filed this week and it's supposed to be rising still we're looking at an unemployment rate right now at about 10% and rising can you kind of shed some light for some of our listeners on how they should tackle this it's so enormous for a lot of people it is and we do hope it will be short-lived we only expect the lockdown to go through April 30th, although we're going to be very mindful that we don't get more spread after that or we don't get a spike of spread from the mainland. People should go uh, to a couple different sources. First of all, their employer should give them pretty clear guidance. We waived the one-week uh, restriction on getting unemployment so you can get it right away. Mm-hmm. We're also going to waive the restrictions if we haven't already about having to search for three jobs. Obviously, we can't have people out searching for jobs. There's going to be a very meaningful package, not just from the federal government, but also from each state, Hawaii included, to make sure we keep some people afloat. We have to give money to people to make sure they can pay their rent and their their mortgages. So we don't want any foreclosures at all. That's been put off. And then go to the Chamber of Commerce. They have a lot of uh, good information on unemployment. And of course, the Department of Health, Department of Labor, that both those websites will direct you pretty quickly, but mostly Department of Labor mm-hmm. to how you apply for unemployment. And we will get you your checks as soon as possible. 
essentially what we're doing is we're hitting the pause button on the country for a couple months till it can reboot and then we have good underpinnings of our economy the the, the foundation is very good in america and certainly in Hawaii, it's very strong, but it's impossible to work properly right now. So one of the questions is about mortgages and rents. With no money coming in, how are they going to pay their mortgages? How are they going to pay their rents and other bills? Are people basically left to go take matters into their own hands and just hope for the best going to see their mortgage uh, you know, lenders or their uh, landlords to say, please help? Well, one thing that's happened is most of the major lenders, and when I say most of them, I've, I've been seeing different... Uh, different emails and feeds come out. Most of the major lenders are going to suspend any possibility of foreclosures okay. for at least 60 to 90 days. Voluntarily without, right. yeah, okay. So, and they will have people catching up. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Also, it's not even within their capacity to do uh, mass foreclosures. It wouldn't be wouldn't be good for them either. So that mm-hmm. won't happen. And then also we're gonna get checks from the federal government, 1,200 per individual, 2,200 per couple, plus some money for for those who have children and that will help to pay the rent pay the mortgage take care of the basics and we want people to do that we also don't want people to forego rent because then the landlords who own the property they may lose their property and then nobody's nobody's taken care right. of so all these things are very relevant and important but it's also going to be short-lived this is not going to be a 12-month thing this is a two-month situation and so hopefully people have a little reserve they pay their bills, everyone gets an equal share of the immediate direct payment from the federal government, and then we move on. Hope so. Man. Knocking on wood. <laughs> yeah. Do we have any more questions from our Facebook um, Oh, millions. Friends? I don't even know how to boil that <laughs> down. But I have to say, you know, because uh, uh, Lieutenant Governor, I know we can't keep you all morning, but a whole lot of people are posting uh, that they really appreciate your spending time with us. And I'd, several times I've seen in here that they, they learned more this morning from listening to you talk with us uh, than they have. You know how it is on, on social media. You <laughs> jump into news conferences here and there, and then you go, what is going on? It's hard to track sometimes. But they said they've learned a lot from you, and, and so thank you for that. Yeah, and I can tell you, um, we all are in this together. I, I even just got a, a text from um, an old friend, Ed Case, who said case.house.gov, um, and he's got a COVID tab right there for, like, unemployment stuff. But we rely on you. We rely on the people of Hawaii, our ohana, to stay at home, lay low, chill out for this time through April 30th. We will all be in this together economically. We'll make sure small businesses survive and we'll get through this. This is the the toughest thing the governor shared with me last night that he has ever seen in his, um, you know, in his years here in Hawaii Mm -hmm. as a leader. He's never seen a circumstance where we had a surge of this many unemployed people. And I want to give him a special shout out this morning after giving him um, some, uh, you know, some heartburn for a couple (laughs) days. We're trying to get through this together and I'll do what I can on Mm -hmm. the healthcare side and then everybody else is pitching into in the healthcare community to keep us alive. But if we if we take care of our families and loved ones and stay at home, we will get through this faster. Mm. Yeah. I really want people to know they're doing the right thing by staying home. They're doing the right thing by squeaking and squawking about getting stuck at home. I understand. It is <laughs> rough. But the key is the less spread we have now, the faster we get through it. Mm-hmm. And the faster we get through it, the faster our economy, our jobs come back. And then we can you know, kind of party together. So I really think that it's key that we lock it down uh, absolutely through April 30th. It will be difficult when we come back to schools. I, I saw, I was looking over as my shoulder that one person said, what are we gonna do when when we have our, our kids and we gotta 
you know, they have them in preschool. What are mm-hmm. we going to do? Well, we're going to have to take care of our kids at home best we possibly can because we don't want more spread. Every decrease in spread that we do week over week is a faster way out of this uh, tunnel of COVID-19. And these are the essentials. We went through the essentials of the science on the, the virus. We went through the essentials of the economy. Uh, we know we're going to have a, upwards of 100,000 people unemployed. The legislature, they deserve a shout out too. They are working tirelessly to make sure there's a good package that comes out. And then with those federal dollars coming in, that will support America's basically hitting a, a $2 trillion uh, button, and it's going to go to support us for basically two months. And then hopefully the economy rises and we get out of this thing. And I hope that people know that the basics are the most important thing. Stay home, self-isolate, home quarantine, keep yourself healthy. Mm-hmm. Don't visit any kapuna for a time. Make sure they are separated in the house a little bit more. Those are the basics. It Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be much more complicated than that. If you're making it more complicated than that, take a nap, reboot, (laughs) okay? Because that's all it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, thank you so much for stopping by. We appreciate it. This is Hawaii Matters. You've been listening to Lieutenant Governor Josh Green in an interview from March 26th. From everyone at Pacific Media Group, stay safe and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Aloha.